0: Radio Influence. The future is now. You are Sitting Ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and we are so happy that you are here once again to listen to this thing we call a podcast if you're a long time listener you know that when I set out to do this podcast I set out to not only have discussions and tell stories with some of the biggest wrestling names in history but also to hear the stories of those who don't talk a lot who don't give a lot of interviews and don't talk a lot about their careers so in that vein I am really excited that we were able to hook up and we're going to have him on in just a few moments with David Arquette uh, somebody who is known uh, in the wrestling business, but also very well known in Hollywood and is a big fan of professional wrestling. I want to hear his story. And I know a lot of people like to say that he killed WCW or, and we'll address that in the interview, or, you know, it was the the straw that broke the camel's back. I was, folks, you know, you might disagree. Hey, if you you think that's true, then you're welcome to your opinion. Uh, That's the great thing about this country that we live in. But I will tell you that I was there. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I was at every television taping, and I worked in the office uh, when we weren't at TV. And they were just looking for some publicity. David's a great guy. He was uh, eager to do something when the idea presented itself. At the time, it got a ton of positive press for not only the company, which desperately needed some, but for the movie as well. Which also desperately needed some, although I liked the movie, but uh, it, it didn't. It didn't light the box office on fire, and, and I'm not saying anything that nobody doesn't know or hasn't said. So uh, I am a strong believer that uh, David Arquette did not hurt the business, did not hurt WCW, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, amongst other subjects. I, I want to hear about this RJ City. I was, I was doing some investigation, and we'll talk about, with David about it. But I was doing some prep for the interview yesterday. And I came across a independent Canadian wrestler named RJ City uh, sitting in his underwear in a hotel room uh, drinking coffee with David Arquette, who was also sitting in his underwear. Uh, So we're going to find out a little bit more about that uh, because that's something certainly I'm surprised that hasn't gone viral on TMZ yet. But uh, not a lot going on in wrestling this week, but uh, something big did happen. And that is the I'd say for me, it was a shock. I don't know if it was a surprise for the people that were behind it. They're, uh, they're gay. You know, they've been gauging the, the interest in the all in show, which started as a dare from Dave Meltzer against uh, ring of honor that they could draw 10,000 people in the United States. And, uh, as we know, Cody Rhodes and the young bucks decided to take that up on their own and try to promote a show called all in. If you haven't heard of it, Google it. Cause it's all over the place. But, uh, but my point is, I thought they had a shot at 10,000 people. I really did. There's a lot of uh, uh, internet support behind it, a lot of buzz about it on Twitter. But I would have never in a million years told me that you're going to sell out in 30 minutes. There was 34 minutes. They sold out the entire building in Chicago that holds over 10,000 people. I'd be real curious to know if Cody and the Bucks were surprised by that because I was shocked. As a matter of fact, I was sitting there watching the Rays game, getting ready to go when, when saw James Taylor concert. This has nothing to do with wrestling, but if you ever get a chance to see James Taylor in concert, if you're a James Taylor fan, I, I, I cringed at having to pay over $100 a ticket. Uh, plus, those Ticketmaster charges are always a bitch. But I was worth every darn penny that I spent. My wife agreed. And uh, now it's something that's checked off the bucket list. So this is a total aside. If you ever get a chance to see James Taylor if you're a fan, he is phenomenal in concert. But I was I was watching the Rays game, as you know, I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan, uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, and I uh I remembered the tickets were going on sale. So I think I was on Twitter and I saw the link. So I went in and this is about 20 30 minutes after they would have gone on sale, about 4:30, and I get I put two tickets in, you know, best uh best seats available, and I get a uh I get a response that says there's no tickets available at this price, at this price level. Call us, you know, basically call the arena uh, or try a different price level. Well, I put Vest available. So then I tried a couple other things, got the same thing. I'm thinking to myself, it must have overloaded the the computer. They must have had a, a big initial rush uh, and it overloaded the computer. And then I started seeing on social media that the thing sold out in in, thir- in 30-something minutes. Blowed. My mind, my mind is blowed. And unfortunately I do feel bad for some people. There were some people who, who, who got airline tickets, took time off from work, got hotel reservations uh, and assumed, I think like I would have that, you know, as long as you get tickets within the first week or two or three that they're on sale, uh, you're going to get your choice of, of seat and Nope, not this time. And so those people got stuck either having to eat their plans or, buy a ticket through a, uh, a scalping site. And uh, apparently there weren't even a lot of scalping sites that had tickets. I think a couple hundred were all that were available. Anyway, congratulations to Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. They took a chance. They had some cojones. They put their own money where their, their mouth was. They put together a very interesting uh, social media campaign, and it paid off. And so really looking forward to seeing what these guys will do in the future because if they could do this, in Chicago, God knows what they could do. Uh, different places in this country and around the world. So, congratulations to those guys for their fast sellout. And other than that, a pretty slow week in the world of professional wrestling, but a great James Taylor concert nonetheless. Hey, want to remind you that if you want to talk wrestling, if you want to talk James Taylor, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, it's at David Penzer all one word or at Penzer Ringside is the site of the show. And I'm um, happy to discuss anything, answer any questions, and even found out uh, through uh, chatting with some of our uh, listeners uh, and my followers on, on Twitter that I had no idea that uh, Gallows and uh, Anderson do a impression of me and Howard Finkel on Chris Jericho's podcast. And so I still have not gone back and found that. I haven't had a chance. But um I'm going to be looking for that because apparently they do an impression of me, and I did not know that. And I'm honored that they would even think of that. And I'm interested to hear what I sound like. So, uh, but check us out on social media. If you don't use social media, uh, you can hit me up at David Penzer, all one word, at radioinfluence.com. And uh, always available to interact with the fans. So, with that said, please welcome our guest this week. We are excited to have him, actor and former WCW. World Heavyweight Champion, I was there that night and the place was going nuts. Whether you loved it or hate it, it got a buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, David Arquette. We are absolutely honored, and that's an understatement, to have a world-renowned actor and former WCW World Heavyweight Champion uh, on our podcast this week. Uh, it is my pleasure to welcome ladies and gentlemen, David. Mr. David Arquette, David, thank you for being here. Thank you, David. So I don't Glad know. To be here, before we get into your story, I don't know if you remember this, but um, probably not. I, I bet that you don't. But uh, other, I recently saw you up in Detroit. But other than that, the last time I saw you, I was uh, uh, we were sitting on a roof of a hotel in L.A. It was me, you, and Chris Canyon uh, doing vodka shots. Uh, getting ready for the premiere of Ready to Rumble at Man's Chinese Theater with the red carpet and and the after party and all that. And uh, for you, I'm sure that's like oh, called a Thursday. But for me, that was like other than my the uh, the birth of my kids, probably one of the coolest things I ever did. Walking the red carpet and all that. Um, I know that you were tight with uh, Chris. Oh, Ca- I know you were tight with Chris Canyon. So uh, I just wanted to get your your thoughts on on him uh, and all the you know the help that he gave to you guys in the movie. And, and when you came to WCW.
0: Yeah. Chris was an amazing guy. I remember, I do remember that we were on the top of the Hyatt, right, right next to the uh, comedy store on sunset Boulevard.
1: Right. I do believe so. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. I don't remember though. Yeah. It was, it was a company hotel, wherever the company hotel was. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, that's amazing, man. Uh,
0: so, yeah, I love Chris Canyon, man. I love him so much. He was so helpful. And then for Oliver Platt, incredible. He did so much work on that. And uh, and then when I went to WCW, he was just incredible. He took that bump off the triple cage, which I couldn't believe. He is just an amazing guy. Just a really incredible guy. I had no idea he was gay. I wish he would have told me because we could have talked about it. You know, I grew up with transgender sister Alexis. So it would have been easy. I don't know if that was like part of. Feel why he was so depressed and took his life, but I don't know. I felt horrible when
1: I found out. He's just such a great guy and such an amazing talent in the sport. And, and not to get off on a tangent, but we all kind of knew, and nobody cared. I, I think he was—he was—he yeah. was way more. I think he was way more uh, uh, worried about it than anybody else was. You know, I'm, I can't say nobody. But, you know, there's you know hundreds right, of wrestlers right. out there, but. No, no, nobody that I know gave a crap. Uh, you know, you are what you are, and and God bless you, and yeah. ha- have a happy life.
0: Yeah. So
1: anyway, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to start off by that because uh, that was a, a a great memory. Other than the fact that we lost Canyon, it's uh, it's something I think about every once in a while. And uh, yeah, me too. So um, I know that you were a wrestling fan growing up. Were you a W? Were you actually probably back then it was the NWA? Were you an NWA or a WWF fan? I was more WWF. Yeah. I followed them religiously. I
0: went to the live shows when they came to Los Angeles. I was always confused boy there was never, a, you know, a exchange of the belts when you know when it wasn't televised. <laughs> but I understand the business a little more now. But yeah, I loved it. I was a Hulkamaniac. I hated Roddy Piper and I loved the macho man and you know that was my whole sort of scene my dad actually did the voice of uh Jimmy Superfly Snooker on the Hogan's Heroes uh or Hogan boy whatever the Hogan cartoon was the cartoon
1: i saw i actually saw in, in doing prep for this interview i actually saw that that you had mentioned that and uh yeah uh they 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 didn't really sound like the the actual talent and uh uh no but,
0: uh, no, my dad was still a white boy playing uh, him, so I don't know. If, I don't know. It's just sort of crazy. It was a crazy time back then.
1: Yeah, certainly. So you're cast for Ready to Rumble. Now, uh, is this just another movie for you, or are you more invested because you are a wrestling fan, getting to you know hang out with the guys and being a wrestling movie? I was thrilled. I mean. Literally, it's kind of like the character in the movie where, you know, I, bl-
0: I believe wrestling for, I still honestly think, you know, it's more real than, than anything. So I was always sort of uh, a mark, as you'd say. I really loved uh, wrestling. I was obsessed with it. And then when this script came along, I'd known Scott Con for a long time. So it was kind of like this weird uh, time where something that, you know, very close and personal to me. I'm with a, a good buddy of mine who's an actual buddy of mine. Then we go on this adventure and I get to see all my heroes and travel with them and meet them. And, you know, the whole experience was just incredible for me. I loved it. It was like uh, a dream come true. Really?
1: Yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool experience. Uh, I got to go out and do when when they did the uh, crowd scenes at the Olympic auditorium, I was the one who came out and, told the crowd what to cheer and what to chant and all that. So I got my little taste of Hollywood, uh-huh. my little taste of Hollywood. But uh, but it, 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 it seemed like a great time. Uh, it seemed like everybody got along. The wrestlers and the, the talent in the movie all got along splendidly. So uh, you guys look like you guys were having a great time. I'm assuming that um, that uh, uh, that was always planned for you to make an appearance on WCW TV, you know, to cross promote uh, Ready to Rumble when did you find out that they had more in mind for you uh, than just uh, coming out and promoting the movie?
0: I think there was a plan for me to just go on and do something and,
1: uh,
0: and just kind of help promote the movie. And then I think it got a, a pretty big pop and it was like, uh, people were excited about it. It got a lot of buzz. So that they're like, why don't you come back? And then I came back and then, uh, then they had, and then they mentioned that they had plans to take it further to the next pay-per-view. I was like, great. I get to tour around with my heroes, <laughs> fly on an airplane with Hulk Hogan to ask him questions and talk to him about, you know, WrestleMania and, oh man. And just macho man. Oh, just getting to know all those people. It's just like, you know, something I'd always dreamt of and and always looked up to these guys and still look up to
1: them. You know, folks, something I was wondering about this week, people take vitamins to protect their health. They obviously get a flu shot, so you don't get the flu. You get car insurance in case you're in a car accident. My point is with most things in life, you don't wait for the problems. You have preemptive measures. So my question to you guys is why not do the same thing with your hair? Well, now you can. Go to 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness is now optional. Hymns connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Basically, it's generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. You don't have to go to a doctor's office. You don't have to sit in a waiting room. You save hours by going to 4 It's very simple answer a few quick questions a doctor will review and can prescribe you and products are shipped directly to your door. As some of you know, I am follically challenged and I am not happy about it whatsoever. It just happened about 15 years ago. It started to go and now I got a big bald spot in the middle of my head. So my point is I wish this product was around about 15 years ago so I could have more of my hair. If you're interested in preemptively preventing hair loss, then order now. My listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today, right now while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to four slash penzer. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash P E N Z E R. For slash Penzer to keep more of your hair. Do you remember at what point they mentioned putting the the world title on you? And if so, what was your reaction?
0: Uh, I do. It's all a little foggy. It was 18 years ago. So (laughs) when it first happened, I was like, uh, are you guys sure? I don't know. Um, uh, I sort of said yes, because it meant that I got to travel and I got to be part of this crazy world and, and, uh, get to hang out with my heroes. And I, I didn't take into consideration how sort of disrespectful it was to the belt. I didn't really, uh, you know, take, take that into consideration, you know, but you know, watch, I just watched the WrestleMania documentary about, you know, the history of WrestleMania. Right. And, you know, from Cindy Lauper and Mr. T on, there's always been a sort of, uh, celebrity component. I guess it's just the fact that I won the belt. That was the big, uh, Thing that upset everyone, or I wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get there uh, soon about you know people, all the crap that you had to take and and you know people saying you killed the company. Look, I, I, I was with that company. Uh, I was at every television show they did. I worked in the office when I wasn't doing TV. I could assure you, if there was ever a, a question in your mind if you winning the world title killed WCW. Uh, that's the farthest thing from what killed that company. Uh, as a matter of fact... Oh, co- uh, well, thanks, man. That, that that makes me feel better, and I, I, I cleared some there, stuff up. There you go. But, um... So, you pin Eric Bischoff to win the title. They hand you this this famous big gold belt that Ric Flair had worn for years, even before WCW. And at, at some point, are you going, like, in the back of your mind, like, holy shit, I just became the the WCW heavyweight champion. Like, almost like having a conversation with yourself
0: well, a little bit. I was more like playing a role. You ah, I'm an actor, I gotcha. You. you know what I mean? So I was like, I literally, I, I, I don't know. I shot like one of the, my first promos that I shot after it, I was, I, I kind of went off script and I was like, I don't deserve this. You know, Booker T deserves this. A lot of other people deserve this. That was kind of from my mouth and what I truly felt. Uh, I always thought they were going to overturn it in some kind of wrestling way. You know what I mean? Sure. Where, like, they would... T- I always thought they were going to say uh, they counted three, but uh, Jared had pinned him a page before so that Jared was going to win it. And they'd just reverse it and I'd never really be the champion, but they wanted to write it out. And uh, so we did. But um, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I was sort of just really going along with the ride. I didn't really know the whole business. I still don't completely understand all the intricacies. I mean, it takes a lifetime to to, to really figure it all out. I am like, I'm the most gullible person. Like, if somebody says something, I I typically believe them. So then, I don't know. I kind of probably was the worst person to be put in that position because I kind of just went along with it and was sort of... uh, you know, trying to be as respectful as possible, but I had no idea until people just totally just like got so upset about it that, um, that it had that, that much of an effect. And I understand the history and I understand the, you know, wrestlers, like the, everything they put themselves through and, that I hadn't sort of uh, paid my dues or deserved anything like that, much less, uh, you know, getting the belt, much less, you know, one of the things was I was never able to really wrestle. You know what I mean? There, 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 there was some insurance policy, so I could never really do anything too crazy. I wanted to try more things. I mean, I would have been more, you know, never as great as a Mick Foley, but I could have done some crazy shit like, you know, like Shane McMahon or, or something like that. Like, I'll jump off of something. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll I'll take some some crazy bumps that some people might not. But uh, I never really got the opportunity to. So then I just kind of came off as a stooge. And then they had some insurance policy that they couldn't hurt me. So I think they were even worried about, you know, hurting me.
1: So you talk about this insurance policy that they have on you. They didn't let you do a lot, which I remember. But then they put you in your first match after you pinned Eric and won the world title was against Tank Abbott. I'm thinking to myself, if I, I had a guy that had an insurance policy and I didn't want him to get hurt. I don't know that I'd put him in the ring with t- uh, Tank Abbott. Tell me about your thoughts on that. I I wouldn't get in the ring with with Tank Abbott for I, I don't I don't know what you're getting what you got paid in son of my business. You donated it all anyway, bless you. But uh, but but what were your thoughts? I'd be scared shitless. Yeah, I was. Uh,
0: yeah, I was, uh, You know, he hits hard. I mean, if I don't know like if he only like tapped me a couple times or something, but you know he he you know he. he, he He can punch, guy, guy. But um, the funny thing was, I was a little scared, you know. But uh, I was more just, again, just kind of going through it. Like I, I was nervous the whole time. I was nervous about going out there. I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't embrace the, you know, the real, that wrestling sort of. Ego that you have and really own it and take your time. You know what I mean. Everything was rushed and I approached it more like an actor than you know someone who was training wrestling, which I wasn't. But um, yeah. So the funny thing about Tank was that night. You know, some people were so mad at me, like mainly like a lot of the backstage people who, uh, understandably so, have given their life. And they've been dedicated been traveling and trying to work their way up. And the problem is like, you know, it's taking a shot away from some of these guys that, you know, might've been their time. That's why I did want to call out like Booker T and Canyon when, when I had the chance. But, um, but you know I was, we partied at the, uh, like the hotel bar afterwards. And I was literally like, you know what? Uh, I should just get in a fight with tank. And then at least I could maybe get some respect, <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if I got beat up, like almost like a prison, uh, philosophy, like if somebody's going to like treat me with respect. What, that's the one thing that it did kind of dig at me was that, you know, people were like this, you know, for one, people didn't really know who I am. And they think like, I'm very Courtney Cox or this or that, but. They didn't know who, like, my background or, you know, what I, you know, that I could stand up for myself or whatever.
1: Yeah, if I, speaking about drinking with Tank Abbott, if I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I do, he ordered a, a, a vodka on the rocks, double vodka on the rocks, and then another side cup of uh, of cranberry juice, and he'd take the little bar straw, and he'd take a little uh, fill-up with cranberry juice, and he put the one little uh, cranberry juice in the bar straw in the Double vodka and, and drink that. But uh, speaking of drinking. I think I stole that. I think I stole that. <laughs> no, I can't find him. Speaking, speaking of drinking, uh, I did want to give you credit. In all the time that I've been in the wrestling business, people have bought rounds. Uh, you know, Flair's no, uh, uh, renowned for, for buying uh, kamikaze shots. Uh, you did something. Uh, and and if, for people who don't know, after uh, Nitro is over, or Thunder is over, uh, everybody goes back to basically the same hotel, the wrestlers, the crew, the whole production, everybody. And, you know, we, we have half the hotel, if not the whole thing. And usually, you know, to unwind, we'd go down, have, have a couple drinks, some, some more than others. Uh, and, uh, and, and you, I don't know if you remember this, you probably do, but you bought the entire bar that whole night. That's how that's as, as, as a, as a thank you to everybody. Uh, do you remember that? And, and I just want to say thank you. Cause I drank more than a couple.
0: Oh, Oh, cheers, man. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I think I bought pizzas, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a good time, man. It was, uh, I did want to show my respect. And last thing I really ever wanted to do was disrespect wrestling. That's what's kind of, like, dug into me after all these years, you know, that people still get upset.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, if this was 10 years earlier, I get it. This is a, And we know what's gone on since 2000. You know, it's, it's been 18 years, but the evolution of social media and, 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 and cell phones and, and, and it's, it was a whole different world. And look, WWF had said, hey, it's fake. It's make-believe. We, 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 it's predetermined. I, I hate the word fake because, as you know, people get hurt. But yeah. they, they had admitted it. So, you know, hell, you got a, a, a guy who's a, 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 a movie star. He's the, the lead in your movie. Uh, That you just invested money in, and uh, and and you're looking for not only uh, for publicity for the movie, but you're looking for publicity because you're getting your butt kicked by the competition. And why not put? You know, it's not like they put the belt on you for a year and had you go around every house show and defend it. It put you know, it was a little storyline arc. And I, I honestly, I'm not kissing your ass. I wouldn't have you on the show if I was offended by it because I would be disrespectful. I just never got. Why there was so much heat? I mean, you know, everybody is a critic, and you know, you know, like you know, on Twitter, I'm sure you have a hundred thousand zillion times the followers I do, but you know, everybody has an opinion, and they can hide behind their Twitter handle. So, um, you you mentioned Courtney Cox, who was your wife at the time. What was her reaction to this whole wrestling thing? Did she think you were crazy?
0: She did think I was crazy. I mean, she always thought I was crazy, (laughs) but she didn't really understand, like the whole thing, she was going, okay. You know, she know she knew I loved it and uh and so she was she was supportive. She was kinda like uh, didn't really understand. You know, just to go back to your last thing I don't think it also would have made a big difference if it was a big hit move. You know, there's a big difference between having a movie come out and not do that great and having a movie come out and be like top of the box office. It's like, you know, you know, granted, Vin Diesel's a little bigger than me and everything. But if it was, you know, Vin Diesel, and I still still think people get pissed off about it, but they kind of understand. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, if Fastly Furious was coming out and he didn't make a run and there was a little story arc where he kind of came in and wrestled and did a good job and people liked it, you kind of buy Vin Diesel being a part. You know what I mean? So it all kind of came down to the way we're seeing. The funny thing is, it's uh, kind of stood the test of time, and people have uh, appreciated the film more in in retrospect, and a lot of the kids that saw it when they were younger are now, like, grown-up kids from the 90s, so it's kind of taken on a different tone, and and although a lot of people still are upset about it, like true wrestling fans, a lot of wrestling fans who enjoy the storylines of it and the sort of comedy component, did do kind of like uh, you know, they're cool to me when I see them uh, at
1: events. I, I sometimes think people take things too seriously. It's just entertainment, but uh, I, I do. You know, you you've become a, a pop culture icon, if for anything. Uh, to, and I saw you mention this in an interview. That's why I bring it up. To where uh, everything's compared now to you winning the world title. So uh, when uh, the little <laughs> kid Nicholas. Uh, came in at WrestleMania and, and and teamed with Braun Strowman that got compared to of course David Arquette winning the world title. What I don't understand is why don't they compare it to Vince Russo winning the world title? At least you were a movie star and had a recognizable name. Not anything against Vince Russo, but nobody nobody not as many people crap on Vince Russo for doing the same thing. He booked himself to win the world title and and but but if David Arquette does it then it's a a tragi- uh, travesty.
0: I don't and, uh, it. It's crazy, but granted, Vince was in the business for a long time. So, oh, that's
1: bad. You know I'm just going to be honest with you. That's bullshit. I got nothing against Vince, but that that's BS. I was, I was, I, I mean, fans should have been just as offended that he won it. If they were offended that you that you won it. Hey, um, right at the very end, you got to turn heel, and um, yeah, uh, you had, you came out all dressed up uh, uh, like a pimp, and uh, I, I was watching the interview last night. When I was uh doing some uh the the prep for the show, and uh you look like you had a blast. And most wrestlers have more fun as a heel, especially if they have that type of personality. Uh how much how much fun did you have in that short little run being a heel as compared to the underdog babyface when you first won it?
0: I did enjoy it. It was fun. You know, like I said, Piper was one of my heroes and I thank goodness I got to meet him. Before he passed and he was just uh, the coolest and he just such a hero such like the sweetest guy in the world I mean no one you know him and Bobby Heenan uh, were two of the greatest heels in my opinion and God bless them both um, but yeah it was fun playing a heel you know I mean I was funny because I was a baby face Keep waiting. <laughs> That's a funny little corner uh, of wrestling. You know what I mean? I mean, it's funny that uh, I don't know. Even like uh, I don't know Roman Reigns just gets a little of that. You know what I mean? Like people will love the guy or hate him, and it's like the boos and the cheers are almost as loud as they you know as anything, which is a funny little mid- middle ground. As long as are making noise, they like do.
1: Yeah, well, Roman Reigns is a whole nother level of uh, people uh, not liking uh, what the what the uh, what the promoters are selling, and that's gone on for four years now. Your little your uh, storyline arc was a uh, couple of months. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, I like Roman Reigns. I'm a fan. I think he's got a ton of talent and, you know, puts up with a
1: lot. So looking back almost. But I
0: also love what's Go going on in the minor league. I mean, the sort of not release, but the, the other wrestling leagues. I love the independent circuit right now and every, everything going on, all the really oddball stuff going on. It's a pretty exciting time for wrestling, with social media and everything.
1: It really is, especially after this past weekend with, uh, the, uh, the sellout of all the, in. of the all in show in 30 minutes, yeah. which, which really took me by a huge surprise. Uh, I, you know, I think it took everybody by a huge surprise. Quite frankly, people bought airfare and hotel rooms thinking they'd have plenty of time to buy tickets and then they couldn't get tickets. And, uh, uh, I guess they'll, they'll be at the convention, which I'll be at. And, and I'd, I'd love to see you there, uh, at the, uh, StarCast. City ringside is sponsored by good cigar company. I talked about this company last week and I mentioned that I wish I'd have thought of this concept. And since then I talked to a couple of friends and, they agreed we could have been partners, but it wasn't to be. The good news is somebody else thought of it and uh, makes a great Father's Day gift. Instead of taking Dad out to brunch or buying him a golf shirt, you could do something different this year. Give Dad his own personal tobacconist with a Good Cigar Company subscription. A great price, only 30 bucks plus 10% off for our Listeners, ever try to go into a cigar store, especially if you're not a cigar aficionado? And it's really hard to kind of navigate the waters of, uh, you know, so many cigars and you don't know the taste and all that. But the cool thing is, Good Cigar Company makes it simple. Just pick a strength level and they send you the top shelf cigars at a great price. Another good thing about Good Cigar Company, you don't need a humidor, you don't even need a cutter, you don't even need matches. The cigar company also takes care of that. Each pack comes with premium cigars and everything needed to light them up. The pack even acts as its own humidor, so the cigars stay fresh for months. I think that's so cool. So what do you get in the mail when you order a pack? We mentioned two premium cigars. We mentioned matches. You also get a double guillotine cutter. We talked about the humidity-sealed pack, but they even go farther. They give you detailed tasting notes and a guide on how to smoke a cigar if it's your first time. Everything you need in one easy pack. So go to goodcigar.co, that is goodcigar.co, and use the promo code ringside for 10% off any subscription. You'll be glad you did. That's goodcigar.co, and use the promo code ringside for 10% off. Looking back 20, almost 20 years later, when you you know everybody looks back at things in life you know after with some with some time uh gone behind it and they usually the negative stuff goes away and 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 you remember the positive things you i hope you look at it as a as a positive you know kind of kid living his dream type of thing but i'm wondering how, if you do and 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 what what you think about it when you look back
0: i do a little i mean kind of hard you know there's yeah, there's just uh i don't know it's it, yeah, uh, I've never had the experience of being the sort of low bar like you're worse than well I mean, that's as bad as you know, and in then insert your name there. So I do like the actual experience. I do look back on fondly. Um, I do still love, love wrestling. I've, you know, I've been uh, studying a lot of it, watching a lot of the old documentaries. Recently I watched be on the mat again, which is just my favorite. So I still have mad love for it, and uh, I'll continue to love wrestling.
1: A a little later on, after WCW went out of business, which I'll say again, had nothing to do with you for the record, in my opinion. Thank you. You you appeared in a WWE, uh, in in the crowd at a, a television taping, holding a sign that said former WCW world champion, which I actually think is hilarious. Do you, you know whose idea that was? Was that your idea? Was that creative's idea? That was yeah, that was mine. It was hard to take it, but I was playing like uh, the role of
0: of the the character I played in in Ready to Rumble. And ready to. Run know, run. That's what he. That's what he would have done. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just, I might have been the champion second, but I'm still a fan. I'll always be a fan. You're back in it.
1: I'm assuming that WWF didn't have an insurance policy on you because you took a power bomb through a table. Uh, how how was that experience? That was great. I mean... That was great. It was a crazy... That was great. So yeah, how was the I power bump to the table? Great. That was great. I love it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, you can't... I mean,
0: stuff like that's, like, that's real. Like, that was like, more of a bump than I was able to take it my whole other wrestling thing. I mean, one thing I got to do was, like, jump off the top rope because I was always Jimmy Superfly a fan and jump off the top rope, but then they were like, nobody wanted me to hurt them, so I couldn't even land on anybody. They were like, okay, we'll move out of the way, so you just land, you know, on by yourself. But, um, but yeah, I love doing the power bomb. I was just in a really weird place at that time in my life. It was in New Orleans. And I had, uh, I was going through a divorce, and I was heartbroken, and you know, didn't rest as much as I should have drank too much the night before, so you know, it wasn't my shining moment, and I wish that you know my first uh, sort of interaction with WWE would have been sort of more professional. But I always, uh, uh, I I loved meeting Vince and Triple H. And, you know, it was a uh, it was Stephanie just meeting everybody. That was you know I'm a fan of everyone, so I'm backstage and I'm kind of like geeking out and just you know, oh wow that's you
1: know. No, I get it. I totally get uh, it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, WWE, you were uh, you were around pretty much all of WrestleMania weekend uh, in New Orleans this year. Back back where it all started with WWE. How was uh, how was your experience WrestleMania weekend? And what were the what was the highlight for you? Wow, um,
0: WrestleMania weekend was really fun. Uh, I think the highlights was seeing some of the independent guys, uh, Joey Ryan. You know what I mean? And all these cats, uh, um, just kind of, uh, you know, uh, just walking around, meeting the fans, talking to the fans, seeing some of the guys, like Kat, the cat that I hadn't seen in a long time. Seeing Shane Helms again. I mean, Shane Helms doubled me on ready to rumble. Just yeah. the coolest guy. such a fan of his talent. Uh, just an incredible wrestler. Super dedicated it was always very helpful to me and uh, got nothing but respect for that guy. He's a true superhero.
1: He was on this podcast a couple of months ago and he uh, he gave you partial credit for he I don't think he uh, he he said exactly these words but partial credit for uh, for for teaching him his game quote unquote. He said uh, when uh, when he was a young kid in Hollywood and and uh, and you used to take him out on the town and uh, he learned a lot as far as. You know uh, how to play the game, so. uh yeah. Oh,
0: nice! Incre- nice. Incre- I don't know if that's a. I
1: think I take it as a compliment, but everybody's different.
0: Oh um, yeah, that's a compliment, man. Yeah. You gotta, so uh, you gotta work to, to lose, meet them girls. Yeah. You know that's the one sort of angle of wrestling, that confidence and that kind of thing that I always kind of had, but always off camera. Just you know. You know, just with ladies, just kind of, kind of yeah. Speaking of, a smooth, playing a smooth game and having fun with
1: them. Yeah, he had he had said he was just a young country bumpkin, and uh, you taught you, you went out to Hollywood and you taught him uh, you taught him uh, how, how to how to play the game. Like I said, hey, you mentioned meeting different uh, independent. You mentioned meeting different independent wrestlers WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I found a, a video of you. Um, with an indie wrestler. I've heard of him, but I'm not I, I don't know him very well named RJ City where you guys sat around in your underwear making coffee. Um, yeah. by the way, you were telling great stories. The story about playing poker with Harvey Corman and Dom DeLuise and and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. The stories were incredible, man. Uh, that you were telling uh uh if, I don't know if you want to tell that story again for those who haven't heard it about playing poker with Harvey Corman uh, uh Go ahead. It was a great story.
0: Yeah. Well, RJ City's amazing. wrestler. we've got a few going on. So I don't understand. Teams. I don't know how to do them. I don't know how to use Twitter. So I'm completely kind of like the old guy trying, trying to play this young guy's sport again. But, uh, yeah, him and the guy named Matt Fiji, the dirty rook, and another place. They're both like very upset at me. And, um, and i uh so yeah I, I saw rj city he he wrestles in greek town in toronto a lot and um and so i uh i met him oh and i'd like to give a shout out to Katie arquette she's another wrestler in uh in pennsylvania that's carrying on the arquette name there another you go kid. yeah yeah and then um so yeah so we did the, he does this thing called Coffee in your underwear. It's kind of a nod to like coffee and comedians with cars, but it's a wrestling version where you drink coffee in your underwear. And, uh, yes, yeah, he's a big fan of like B. Arthur and all these 70s stars. So, uh, Dom Delawese he's is particularly fond of. I don't know if you guys have seen Fatso, but it's a great film. And, yeah.
1: um, Dom Delawese, not, not it, to interrupt you, but Dom, yeah. my parents, when I was a kid, bought a condo and. uh, in Jupiter. They actually retired there, but they, they used it as, like, a vacation place. Jupiter, Florida. Uh, we lived in South Florida. Yeah. And uh, Dom DeLuise actually uh, lived for, uh, for about 10 years in the same condo on the penthouse floor that we did. So I actually got to meet him a couple times because, you know, he was... Oh,
0: a... RJ City would, like, flip out <laughs> if you ever
1: <laughs> He
0: was like, he'd have endless you know, questions for you.
1: I gotta get him but, on. Yeah,
0: I, I got to in this crazy poker tournament, um, not tournament, this weekly poker game by a guy named Norby Walters, who's like an old-time Hollywood sort of uh, sweet guy who oh, I was just friends with everyone from Harvey Corman and Dom DeLuise and, you know, uh, Angie Dickinson, just like Burt Reynolds, like really interesting people of a certain sort of time period, old Hollywood stuff, but even young Hollywood actors like, Different people would play and uh I once got four eighths. We were playing this game and I was I was in there and I started going all in against Harvey Corman. I was like, Oh, I got this guy. And then he go I got, we finally revealed and I showed him my four eighths and he goes, Oh, all I got the straight and he put his straight down and someone pointed out that it was the straight flush and I got beat with four eighths. That's, That's unbelievable. By Harvey Corman yeah. though, that makes the
1: that, that 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 part makes the story. I love the story, but it
0: uh I was a huge fan of Kittle Burnett and all those guys on there.
1: Sure. Did it, so RJ City is uh, uh you kind of hit him with a chair at the end. So is that feud uh still up and going? Oh yeah, it's going. It's going. Any gone. any chance that we might see David Arquette back in the ring down the road to uh, settle the feud with RJ City? I don't
0: know. Well, Matt Fidget's been, you know, after me for two years. So I don't know, like, how it's going to all work out. But I definitely have to get in shape first if I do anything like that. And I got some health issues I got to worry about. But I'm, uh, I'm definitely still interested in getting some respect on my name. There you go. I want to get some respect. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I love the business still. Uh, I know it's crazy business, and you know it's tiring. I want to travel, but I uh, I got crazy respect for it. It, it kind of, you know, my family goes back to vaudeville, and you know, there's something about you know traveling with a circus type carny atmosphere that's just in my blood. So I don't know. Maybe someday. Uh,
1: any, uh, you know, there is a celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. Any thought that, uh, someday you, or maybe in the next couple of years, you might get that call? You are, of course, a former world champion, so you're more than qualified, and you are a celebrity, of course.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they hate me over there or not. You know I, mean? I mean, I don't know if uh, the hatred would outweigh the, you know, I did show up at, uh, at the WrestleMania, I uh, was with DP, and he invited us to come by the, the WWE uh, after party. So that was kind of
1: thrilling to see
0: all those guys.
1: Were you at the actual mania yourself? The Actual uh, show at the after party? No, the show. We at the show. Oh yeah, we tickets. So, so let me ask you yeah. a question. They bring this. We talked about it a little bit, but they bring this kid out. I'm just curious, Nicholas. Do you, do you automatically think to yourself oh crap here we go again
0: i knew immediately that it was gonna be
1: like scared <laughs> me to him that's
0: part of the reason i wanted to go to the after party. i went to the after party and i found him i took a picture with him
1: that's fantastic that's uh, yeah. is that on social media it should be yeah i, I put i put off uh, oh we got <laughs> champion <laughs> we gotta post that uh any projects that you're working on that uh that the fans may be looking forward to Involving wrestling? Yeah. I'm not
0: I'm not sure. I mean I've been sort of filming stuff and just trying to like I want to do like a do, we did a, a documentary recently called Survivor's Guide to Prison that sorry, my dogs are going crazy, my kids are going crazy. Um, we did a documentary called Survivor's Guide to Prison and it's number one on Amazon. It did really well. So we're in the documentary space. So we've been looking at uh trying to do stuff something but i'm not sure where that's gonna go i got a movie coming out called saving flora with jenna ortega that should be good and uh and about to start another film soon so we'll see where that goes to well
1: i can tell you uh no no lie you are one of the nicest uh you know i've got to meet a lot of celebrities being around wcw and you are one of the nicest if not the nicest one uh uh that i've ever met and uh Lord, that you remember being on the roof of, uh, of the hotel drinking vodka shots. But, uh, uh, yeah. I, it, it, it's, it's evident to me that, that, um, that, that it still somewhat bothers you that, 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 you know, you, the way people look upon your title reign and all that. And I just want to tell you, honestly, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. As somebody who's been around this business and a lot of different promotions and a lot of different, different capacities for 25 plus years i may not be a big star but i've been around you got nothing to be ashamed of man you 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 donated. i know you don't brag about it you donated that money to three great wrestling charities for people's families who were affected in a negative way uh and uh and i'll still say that vince russo nothing against vince i'm not picking a fight with him winning the world title was uh 10 times as bad as them giving it to you so I hope you could feel better about that as time Um, goes on. man. I I really do.
0: I appreciate you saying all that. It really means a lot. Uh, And uh, I appreciate you bringing back that memory of us all sharing uh, some shots with Canyon. All right.
1: right, Well, I appreciate your time and uh, uh, good luck to you. And uh, maybe we'll see you uh, in Chicago on Labor Day weekend. You never know. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you, man. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. So as always, we hope you enjoyed our conversation with David Arquette. Uh, it, it really sticks out in my mind that he, he really seems to be, here's a guy, he has a beautiful wife, probably a home in Hollywood Hills. I, I certainly know he has kids and dogs because he mentioned it uh, uh, that when they were barking and the kids were going crazy, uh, a successful career. Um, you know, God knows the experiences that he's had, you know, being in the Hollywood scene, you know. As I mentioned at the beginning of the interview, what was one of the coolest experiences for me to walk the red carpet at Man's Chinese Theater at a movie premiere is probably like the average Wednesday for David Arquette. But he, he, he takes it so seriously, and you got to respect the guy for that, that he really seems to be bothered, even to this day, 18 years later, uh, almost 19 by the fact that uh, the criticism that he's gotten. And, and, you know, if you disagree with my take, what I told and what I discussed with David Arquette, and if you think that it was the end of WCW or it did jump the shark, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to uh, to discuss that in a civil way with you on uh, social media on Twitter at David Penzer. Hit me up. Um, there's no there's nobody that's ever written anything to me on Twitter that offended me. I I, I like to have good conversation. So if you disagree, I'd, I'd actually rather somebody disagree tell me they disagree with me and why and have a nice debate about it. Quite frankly, that's just my personality. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, I'd say that they jumped the shark when they had the wrestler formerly known as Prince Iakea or Kiwi or, or there's a, the, or, or, you know, there's a million different times that WCW jumped the shark. But uh, to me, it wasn't David Arquette being world champion. That's my opinion. Uh, if you disagree, I respect that. and, Love to hear from you, uh, regardless if you agree with me or if you don't agree with me. But want to thank David Arquette again. And um, you never know, it sounds like maybe him and RJ City will be uh, having a match. Uh, Last time they had coffee in their underwear, it didn't work out so good. So uh, we're looking forward to bringing you more exciting guests and looking forward to being on Podcast Row at StarCast. And also I'll be hosting the death of WCW panel. Talk about pressure. There's no pressure there. Uh, but, uh, uh if you, uh, want information on that, you go to starcast.com. I'm looking forward to being there and, um, and, uh, love for some of the listeners to come out and introduce themselves and, uh, never know thinking about might have some, uh, city ringside t-shirts for sale at a very, very fair price. So, uh, If that's something you might be interested in of our logo on a T-shirt, drop me a line. Let me know. Thinking about getting some of those printed up for Podcast Row or to sell online. So uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm humbled that you do. And, And each and every week, we strive to provide an hour or two of stories about professional wrestling. Until next time, I'm David Penzer. I'm still sitting ringside. Take care. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at... David Penzer. Also make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist, so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.